everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Help. I'm in my 20s. This is Emily with my co-host Brianna and super excited for today's episode just to talk all things business, which is a little different than what we've had before, but we're super excited just because I know that I've personally known a lot of people in their 20s who think about starting their own business and having these big dreams, but they can be so overwhelming sometimes. Um, so I'm super excited that we have Allie um, here with us, who is new to the process still, but she has started her own florist business um, that she's going to tell us all about. And we are super excited to have you. So thank you, Allie, so much for I'm joining us. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. Well, would you just mind introducing yourself a little bit, just kind of who you are, where you are, what you're up to, and maybe intro what your business is a little bit? Yeah, so um, my name is Allie, um, like Emily said, and I went to college with both Emily and Bree. So that's how we know each other. So I graduated from Westmont in Santa Barbara. Um, and I lived in Santa Barbara for about a year after graduation. And I stayed out there and I worked at an optometry office. I was a technician. I still am a technician out there. So um, I don't currently live in Santa Barbara. I had to move back home with my parents in Santa Clarita once the pandemic hit. So I've been commuting three days a week up to Galena to do my job, which for those that don't know, it's about an hour and a half drive. So it's quite a commute, but yeah. I'm doing well and it's a great place to be for the next couple months. Um, and yeah, and then I just recently started my floral business, which was super out of the blue kind of a thing. I just hopped right into it and dove head first and here I am and I'm loving it. And yeah, I just make um, arrangements and daily deliveries for anybody that, you know, wants some fresh flowers in their home to brighten up their spaces. And then I'm working on getting the event process started. So hopefully you're going to start doing weddings or elopements now since everything's still a little bit slower with COVID. Um, but yeah, just kind of working through some kinks of new business starting and not knowing anything about business and just kind of doing what I love and being creative with flowers is just kind of where I'm at now and commuting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, how did you first kind of start or how did the thought process turn into action? Um, and then did you, just so I'm clear, cause maybe I missed it. Did you start it during the pandemic? I started during the pandemic. I started, okay. uh, yeah, I started a week before Christmas. Um, okay. so yeah, I was, you know, about, yeah. So I was in the pan, it was just kind of like a pandemic thing. And I was just, you know, I'm bored. I want to do something creative. And then December rolls around and I'm just kind of like, you know what, might as well. Um, but yeah, so back to the question. Yes. Yeah, so I started it in the sense of wanting to bring joy to people. And I've always wanted to find some way to be creative. Um, I didn't know what that looked like. I had tried having a blog a little bit um, and just couldn't keep up with it. Didn't have a lot of ideas on what to write about. I've always loved sketching and painting. And those were some things that I have always loved doing. But I just, you know, wouldn't figure out how to make it full time or do, you know, anything sort of on the side. So one day it was my mom's birthday and we had gotten her flowers. The one thing she asked for for me and my dad was that we would have flowers delivered to her office where she is working. She works as a secretary in an office and she wanted flowers delivered to her. And her best friend is also a florist. So she delivered flowers to her on her birthday too. So she got two different deliveries and she was over the moon ecstatic and so happy. And 
the amount of joy that I saw on my mom's face receiving flowers and the amount of joy that I've seen anyone receiving flowers, even if you go into the grocery store and you buy a bouquet or you go to the farmer's market, and you just buy, you know, a little handful of sunflowers, like it brings so much happiness into one, your space in your house, but also just to kind of like your overall being. Um, and I just loved the way flowers make people feel and um, spark joy in them. So I just really wanted to dive into that. And I just kind of like was playing around with my mom on her birthday. I'm like, you know what, being with flowers would be so fun. I don't know if I could do it, but like, you know, if this or this doesn't work out, like I think being a florist would be super fun. And then the more I started thinking about it and started dreaming about it, I was just kind of like, why not? Why not? And it just wasn't the time. And then one day I was like talking to some friends from college and they want to open a coffee shop. And so they were kind of dreaming about that. And then I was talking about flowers. I'm like, that would be so fun. Like we could do this, we could do that kind of dreaming about what it could be one day. And then I was just driving home and I was like, you know what, like, why do I keep saying like, it's going to happen. I'm going to wait until this point. I'm going to wait until that point. And I just went to Barnes and Noble. I bought a book on flower arranging and I went to Trader Joe's the next day and I just kind of practiced around a little bit. And yeah, it was just kind of kickstarted that desire to be creative in me. Um, and being around flowers all the time and connecting to outside, whether that's in the garden and foraging different materials from you know, other people's gardens or whatnot, it just kind of connects you within your local community um, and connected me within my local community, as well as just outside and being in nature and just kind of feeling fulfillment from the earth and um, what the kind of mutualistic relationship it has with us as humans and how we can kind of serve into that um, and really like, like dig up from it basically. Um, so yeah, that just brought me a lot of joy. And then, yeah, just kind of back to it. I was just sick of tired of dreaming about things of being creative. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to start practicing. And if it works out, then like it'll go further, but that's where I'm going to start. So I just went right in head first with no plan. And that's kind of how it happened. I love that. And I love that you, it just like started so simply too. It sounds like, like it wasn't this whole grand one event whole thing, but it was just this little tiny bit every day. Um, how did you kind of start to get into the business side of it? Cause I know there's like the creativity and the fun and passion, but then the business side of it is a whole nother side of starting your own business that I I'm sure can be very challenging. Yeah, it is. And I'm still <laughs> figuring out so many kinks there. Um, pricing. I'm so over my head. My mm. prices change. Um, they're pretty fluid just because, um, you know, I mean, smaller arrangements cost less obviously than bigger arrangements. And, um, when you're buying flowers, you have to take that into account. So, um, which is hard to because when you're buying flowers, you're buying it by a bunch um, instead of by stems. So if I'm buying a bunch mm. of 12 stems, I really only use about three or four of those in each arrangement. Mm. So it's just kind of, it's all math, um, which is weird about, you know, having a creative business because you're like typically wanting to escape places that, you know, work a lot with numbers mm -hmm. or practicality. So um, it can be a little bit stressful when you kind of start your own business and all of a sudden you're working with all these numbers and don't really know how they add up properly or where to get to that break-even point and then eventually start making profit. Um, so it still is a challenge and I'm learning a lot. I have a lot of friends that are in accounting and business and they're doing business coaching with me. So it's just kind of like an ongoing learning process, which of course is okay. Um, that is how it works, you know, in business, you do something and then you just kind of learn along the way and you make mistakes. And it's a lot of trial and error, um, which is okay. And I have grace for myself and forgiveness for that, but there are also, um, 
you know, moments in time that you want to have a plan and kind of go in saying, I'm going to charge this much and I'm going to spend this much and then I'm going to make this much out of the remainder. Um, because the whole thing about business is that you have the, the cost of what you are offering. So the whole cost of what it makes, for my example, what it costs to make flowers. And then the cost of me and the time I put into it and the vision I have behind an arrangement. Um, because people, when they're paying for flowers from me, they're paying for the vision I see behind that and my style. Um, and a lot of it, because I am so new, a lot of them are just, you know, friends that want to support me. But at the same time, like there is a sort of creative and artistic component behind um, flower arranging. So when people see it, they're like, they want that vibe that I have. And, you know, other floors have different vibes and that's where other people tend to go. So it's just kind of finding a niche within that. Um, and then, yeah, so also just the whole numbers thing is just a huge doozy. I really am out of my league there, but I'm working on it. I've hit a few break-even points, which is every small victory counts. So every time I make even, you know, 10 bucks or 20 bucks, even $2, I made $2 off of a bouquet one time. And I was like, woohoo, like I didn't lose money, which is always something to rejoice over. Um, so yeah, it's just all trial and error and I'm moving along as I go. And hopefully it, the mistakes will get smaller and smaller the more I do it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm sure it's probably something that like down the road, you'll look back and like, oh my gosh, I remember the first time I made $2 and now I'm making however much. Exactly. Um, so kind of going off of that, um, what is like an average day kind of look like and day being, I mean, I don't know how much time during like a given week you spend um, working like with your business, but just, you know, let's say it's a Saturday and you're, you know, focusing on working. What kind of, what does that look like? Definitely. So I wake up pretty early when I do flowers, I wake up pretty early. So, um, I normally wake up at about six 30 or seven because I like to get to the markets when they open, um, which is around eight o'clock and where I am right now. And I live in Santa Clarita Valley, which is, um, greater LA area. So I'm about a 45 minute drive from downtown LA. So in downtown LA has this huge flower district. So it's about two, three blocks long, just filled with flower markets. Um, and it's all wholesale. So uh, you pay a price to get in, which is like $2. And then you just shop wholesale flowers, which are just incredibly discounted. And since I am working on my business license, I sent in my DBA request, but I haven't gotten fully approved yet. Um, I'm not, I don't have a seller's permit yet. So I can't get like, I have to pay tax. Anyway, that's beside the point. So typically I'll go to the floral markets when they open, which is typically about 8 a.m. And then I'll just shop for flowers, which is super fun. You know, you're walking through the whole market and you're just kind of seeing what might make sense with what you have in mind. Typically the days before I will have made either a vision board or I'll just kind of screenshot different things that I like or I'm kind of thinking about doing for that arrangement. And then I'll just kind of search and to see what might fit in with that. And everything is locally sourced. And if it's not locally sourced, it's shipped from Holland. So it just kind of takes a lot of guesswork as to what might be there and what might not. Um, because sometimes they'll have what you had in mind and then other times they won't because it's not in season. Um, which is fun about flowers because you're working with natural environments. So, you know, things that you might have in mind might only be grown in autumn, whereas you're shopping in spring. So you have to work with what is available to you. And um, yeah, so I'll just roam the markets and kind of see what is locally sourced, what's available. And then I'll pick that up, I'll pay for it and then I'll drive home. Um, and then I'll just kind of start prepping. Um, and prepping is just de-stemming all of the 
the flowers and not destemming in the sense of like taking off the stems, but dethorning them, taking off all the extra foliage, uh, making sure that you have clean stems to work with and um, then putting them all in separate bases. So separating them by families. So I'll have like roses on one side and then different families throughout. And then I'll just start creating. And that's the fun part is you just kind of pull the different stems from each vase and just kind of work with um, your hands a lot. You start cramping a lot because you're holding all the different stems in your hand and kind of working with it. And then I just add and retract things as needed until I kind of have something that I think looks great. And then once I'm done, I'll just tie it up and cut off the stems and put them in a vase if the client requests a vase, or if not, I'll just kind of hand tie it in a bow. And then um, that's it. And so typically I start at 6.30 when I wake up and then I'll end at about two or three, um, depending on if they want delivery or not. And then at that point I'll go out for delivery and then drop it off at their door, so. It's pretty mellow, which I love, but it can be stressful when you're at the markets and what you had in mind is absolutely not available. You have to rethink everything right on the spot. But um, when that happens, it's a little stress inducing, but it's also kind of fulfilling because you're just kind of working with what you see and trusting your vision and your instinct as to what might be um, pretty to you and to your client. So I don't know. That sounds like such a fun day for a business, but I get what you're saying that like it can be so stressful because it is a business it's not just like you're hunting for flowers just like to put on your table for like Christmas dinner or whatever Mm -hmm. um and I know you said that you still work three days a week um up in Goleta how do you kind of balance starting your own business and putting 100% into that but then also working that career over there yeah it's challenging I work three days out in Goleta Mm -hmm. so the other four days of the week minus one or two, I'll dedicate to flowers. Um, and not all of that is making bouquets. Um, because, you know, some people want bouquets on a certain day versus, you know, having like one specific buy date and delivery date. Um, so other times I'll be like balancing my checkbook. So I'll be taking all my receipts and, you know, doing all that and making sure that everything lines up, seeing exactly how much profit I make so that when time tax season comes around, I'm able to have all that prepared. Um, so it's just kind of, it's not always the, the shopping and the happiness. And so when I'm, you know, not in Goleta and at work, I'm just kind of doing as much as I can at home to just kind of prep for either oncoming orders or, you know, balancing out previous orders. Um, and then also just kind of working outside of that box and just making sure that all my ducks are in a row and then learning. So a lot of you know, new business starting and with flowers, a lot of it is educational. So uh, whether that's taking a course, I'll just spend time with taking a course and um, trying to balance my time well, um, because I have such a long drive. It's easy to kind of be tired the next day and just be like, I don't want to do anything regarding that. But um, if I really set my mind to making it a work day and making time for that, then it kind of flows a little bit better. Um, and because I have so many days off in between Goleta um, and working out there, it actually gives me a lot more free time to be able to kind of pour into that because those are days I'm not working. Um, and it makes me feel more productive in feeling that and filling those days with what I had intended. So for flowers, at least. So this might be a slight pivot, um, <laughs> but just Emily and I went before we, um, before we hopped on here, we knew that um, regardless of what the business is, 
everyone uses social media to some degree. Some people, their whole business is even on, is just on social media or they are their business. Um, so how have you utilized that? How do you kind of hope to use it? Um, because it is, I think kind of the main marketing, um, tool, but there are still people who have their own websites and things like that. So how have you kind of approached that aspect? Definitely. Social media is actually pretty much the sole way I do business. Um, and the great thing about social media is that it's tied into word of mouth. Um, and when you're starting a business, word of mouth is so important just because that's how you build clients. Um, so when I first started my business, I promoted it on my main social media account. And then I gained some followers with that. And then from that, I also got a few orders. And then um, the more work I did, the more the more I posted, the more people were like, Hey, like, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Um, eventually coworkers started asking for them. So I started delivering up to Santa Barbara and brought them to work. And then people from work started seeing. And so now, um, a lot of my clients are within my office as well as people that have just seen my Instagram accounts. And then when people promote on their Instagram accounts, it just is like a ricochet effect. Um, which is great. It's a great um, marketing tool and using it if done efficiently can be great. Um, I do know that having a website as well will help drive traffic even a little bit more just because it's a little bit more consolidated. You can place orders on websites, whereas on Instagram, it's just a little bit more conversational. So as opposed to just receiving an order list, um, people on Instagram will just kind of have more of a like a conversational flow. So just asking me, oh, how much would this cost? Oh, can I have this? Can I do that? Um, whereas my goal from Instagram is to just kind of have a platform as to where people might see my work. And then that would drive traffic to my website in which they can place an order and leave the creative work up to me. When people have more specific ideas about what they want, it gets a little bit more tricky. Um, and I think Instagram can be a little bit difficult in that sense because it does give the client a lot of voice as to what they want, um, which is fine. Like a lot of people have like a big vision as to what they want and I can totally do that. But the whole, I think a good part about ordering flowers and receiving an order is that you do leave the creative work up to the creative. And then you just kind of let that stem through their work because then that takes the guesswork out of you. And it's, if it's not what you expect, then you're not disappointed in the end. Um, so hopefully once I kind of am able to gear a website up, that'll kind of remove a lot of the marketing thing from Instagram. But when you're starting a business, it is an amazing promoter tool and people are always on Instagram or, you know, wherever you might be doing, whatever social media website you might be using to kind of promote a business people are always on it and always checking it. And so it just is able to boost up your clientele. And then it just gives you a lot of practice as well. So it gave me a lot of practice as to what might cost this or might what cost that. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing up to now, but I am ready for a website and something a little bit more structured than Instagram. So. Yeah. And I'm sure too, like starting off having the conversational aspect is really helpful because it builds that rapport between you and the clients. But as you get bigger, like the conversational orders don't, they're not scalable. And so that's when the website would, you know, be most efficient for the customer and for you and just your sanity and being able to have the list. Um, so sorry, I'm, I'm going to just hop off, hop onto another question from there, just because, um, I feel like that ties in really well to our next question about like what your long-term goal is for your business and how you kind of foresee making it, if you plan to make it your, your full-time, um, yeah. job. 
definitely, I definitely plan on making it my full-time job. It's going to take a couple years just because, I mean, I'm not at the place where I'm making enough right now to sustain this full-time. It, it's great pocket money right now, but um, the more clients I get, the more orders I get, the bigger it's going to become. Um, even now it's bigger than when I first started. So it's just kind of exponentially growing, which is amazing. And I'm so proud of it. Um, but full-time, my goals and my dreams are to eventually own a storefront. I would love to have a storefront and just kind of, um, have flowers available and then just do all the arranging, all everything in there. I would love to do weddings, um, and have all of that. So the big dreams are just to have a steady stream of clients that are telling other potential clients about the work I do and, um, happy brides are, you know, happy clients. So you would love to have that in there. And I would love to, you know, eventually just travel for weddings and um, do all of, you know, all the fun stuff that florists always do. So they're always, you know, traveling to different places and doing florals, florals out there and creating things out of what is available in a different country and just kind of learning the terrains and all that. Um, and I would love to just have that be part of my life. And then with the storefront as well, um, eventually at that point, I would you know, love to, you know, raise my kids having, you know, flowering place to come to and just a way for them to play with flowers and be creative and kind of make their own little posies for their bedside table, etc. It's just, you know, little dreams here and there, what I think would be fulfilling in this business and beautiful about it um, and having my own garden and selling the things I grow um, and whatnot. So um, a lot of just kind of like daydreaming about what might be sweet and what might be beautiful and just um, hoping for that and then eventually working up towards that. Um, which just comes with time. So right now I'm small. I'm just based out of my kitchen and living room and little tiny planter boxes outside. But um, in the long term, I would love to just kind of make this into something bigger, more international, more like tangible, I guess, for what might be in store for this business, which in what it could be, which is, you know, something a little bit more professional and bigger scale. Yeah. Well, and I love that too, because <laughs> no, I love what you're saying because you are taking like little steps day to day, but then have that ultimate goal. And I feel like that has got to be so important in starting your business of, yes, you started it and we're like, oh, I just want to make people happy and like do this, but you have a goal in mind. Um, and I love that. And I think that, I don't know, I have a lot of hope for you. Just got to say, but <laughs> 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 um, what do you think throughout your time of both before launching and launching your company, what have been some kind of misconceptions maybe about like starting your own business that you've seen throughout your journey? Yeah, definitely. I think when people are dreaming about starting a business, a lot of the misconception and a lot of the doubt stems from the idea that what they have to offer won't be wanted. Um, or thinking that, it's too big of a dream. It's for a later time. You don't have the space or the opportunities right now to be able to do that. Um, and I'm testimony of a big myth buster for that. So I didn't know anything about flowers when I started. I just, you know, pulled from what I thought would be pretty and just made something out of that. Um, but if there is something that you want to do, like it really doesn't hurt to just do it. Like the amount of times businesses are started just from people diving in head first and just kind of rolling with the punches, those are businesses that end up being successful. So it just <laughs> kind of works out in the sense of making 
yourself a wanted, you know, desired person to buy from. Um, and that comes with time, but if you believe that you can do it, then it's going to happen. And you just have to kind of dive right in and just do it. I mean, and even still, if you are the kind of person that needs a lot more preparation, then take the steps to do the preparation, you know, because it is possible. Nothing is impossible with this. It's exactly what you tailor it to be. Um, so I'm the kind of person that just is, I'm impatient. So I could never just wait to do, you know, to take the courses, to get the certification, to, you know, read the entire book or wait for flowers to grow. I just kind of decided to hop right in and just do it. Um, but if I was the kind of person that needed more preparation, then I would have definitely done all those steps to prepare for it. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're just kind of stepping in and stepping up and doing it, then it's just going to get done. You just have to give yourself the grace and the time to step into that and really get it moving because it's all about movement and it's fluid and um, it's all what you want it to be. Um, so if you have the vision, then nothing can really be off from that if you're doing what you love. So I think that would be the biggest misconception. Yeah. And I've heard too um, from was it maybe from Shark Tank? I don't, I don't know where I heard this, but I've heard people say that um, Bethany Frankel, actually, I'm not going to make, I think she said this, I can't remember, but I've heard an entrepreneur before say, you know, so many people get caught up in also that idea of, well, somebody's already doing it or, you know, but like in every market, there's multiple people doing something similar, but their take on it is different. And like what you were saying earlier, like your vision and like your brand or aesthetic is going to be different from other florists. So you're going to appeal to a certain clientele that another florist might not. Um, I just wanted to circle back to something you were saying earlier about how you're figuring out the numbers thing. And, you know, you have people who are helping you. Um, and I don't know if you've, if you've thought about this, but uh, maybe just as an encouragement to the people who are more creative and kind of maybe intimidated by the business side. Um, would you ever consider having a business partner or does a business side feel like something that you can't conquer? It just might take a little more effort than the creative aspect. Definitely. I, yeah, I'm good at math, I would say. So for me in particular, I think it's just going to take some practice. Um, the, the friend that I have helping me out, he is great. And I mean, he's a good friend of mine too. So eventually that kind of were to be something that he'd want to do, like he could definitely step in as CFO or something like that. Um, but I think it does help to have people that know what they're doing with the business side of it, just because you want to flourish the creating side. And when you're just starting out as a creative, it can be really, really daunting to kind of hone in your craft as well as also develop the math mindset. Um, so the balance between the two comes the more you do it. Um, and the more the puzzle pieces kind of stir together, the more you can kind of do things on your own. Um, but right now it really, really helps that I have somebody that knows exactly what website to look at, where to submit this, what to do. Um, so, and there's always people like that. I mean, even parents, like my dad is an accountant too. Um, and parents have been around for a long time, you know, they've done taxes and they know how to do all that. So asking people for help is never something to be ashamed of. Um, and people want to help you and people that love you want to help you. So it's great for me that I have somebody to kind of do the business side of it. Um, so that way I can really amp up the creative side of what I'm doing because that I'm still honing in on. It's so new that I'm still developing my own, my own niche and my own aesthetic. 
um, that dealing with the whole tax side and getting my seller's permits and submitting all this stuff to the IRS, like it just seems too much for me right now. So when you have somebody else to balance that side, it makes it a lot easier. Um, but in the future, hopefully I'd be able to do that on my own. But again, I don't know how big this is going to get. I don't know if eventually I will need a business partner. I would love to do this, you know, with somebody else just because working with people is so much more fun than working by yourself. And when I have, you know, my mom or my best friend coming flower shopping with me or just kind of giving their intake on the different flowers I make, it really does give a different, you know, vibe to the whole process of it. And it's more enjoyable. You crack jokes, you, you know, listen to podcasts, et cetera. So it's just a little bit easier going. So if there was a time in that space, I would definitely be open to it. Um, but it is something that I know I can tackle on my own and I know everybody can. I mean, it's, it's numbers, they're infinite, they're finite, they don't change, they don't move. Um, so, you know, it's not like you're going to be learning a whole new alphabet of numbers at any certain point in time. It's just going to be you know, something you have to learn along the way, which is fine, but, um, it does help to have, to have my friend with me along and kind of helping me with that. So that's just my take on it. Let me know if you have any other questions based off of that, that you want me to answer that I didn't. So. No, I think that's great. And I think that, um, I think a lot of people will find that really, um, encouraging just to know that you, you can learn and you can, um, adjust maybe your skill set if that's not like your strong suit, Um, and then as time goes on, you can kind of, and as the business grows, you can kind of decide what you want to take more responsibility over and what you're willing to kind of let someone else in on, um, and coworkers are the best. So it's, that's a great long-term goal. (laughs) So, um, we just have some fun questions to kind of wrap this up and help our listeners kind of get to know you a little better. They're super random. They're not going to be like deep, dark secrets. (laughs) Um, and it's, uh, basically the way that it's formatted, they're all yes or no questions. So I'll ask the question, Emily and I will guess, and then you'll let us know who's right. If either of us are right. Um, we're not always super great at guessing. No, we, sometimes uh, we just throw it out. Yeah. Um, okay. First question. Can Allie name four members of the Kardashian family? I'm, I'm going to say, say yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm like trying not to say it. <laughs> All right, let's hear them. <laughs> proof. We need proof. We need okay. Proof. Uh, we have Courtney. We have Chris. We have Kim. And we have Chloe. Good job. Yep. Nice. See, that was easy for you. But... <laughs> I love the Kardashians. <laughs> um, RIP to their show. I'm going to miss it. I know. And um, Kim Ye, because I think they're getting divorced. Isn't that it? I, I think that so. too. Or they're like splitting up. I don't know if it's a yeah. divorce. One of my friend's moms told, told me. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> Everyone should confirm. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Has Allie ever changed a flat tire? I'm going to say no. Goodbye. I think yes, actually. I feel like with your old car that you had during college, I feel like you would have had to do that. <laughs> uh, think? I actually have never changed a flat tire. I know I was going to say, I know the basics of it. I don't, I know how to check my oil and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Well, that's more than I know. Um, I had a friend in college whose boyfriend tried to teach us, um, when her, when she got a flat and, um, he's like, yeah, I can show you guys. And we're like, that's okay. We right up. We really, yeah, no. we really don't need you. Um, but I also have another friend who she was like, you, I need to teach you. You need to know this. I'm like, 
do I? I have AAA. So you have AAA. Exactly. I have a like, phone. <laughs> you pay for convenience, guys. It's exactly. Just life lesson. Let's learn this quickly. Uh, okay, next question. Um, Ali, do you drink, by the way, before I ask the question? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, does Ali like salt on her margarita? I think I'm going to yes. say yes. Yeah, I think so. I am. I like salt much more than I like sugar around the rim. Um, okay. especially with a marg, I think the little tanginess of the salt. Although I will say that once the salt kind of starts disappearing in that one spot, that's the same spot I'll drink out of. So I can't like keep going around. Yeah. The rim. Yeah. It's a little too much for me. So I like the initial kind of like, Ooh, it gives, but, um, after that I'll just be drinking my, my margarita normally. <laughs> just yes. Oh, I'm yeah. the same way. I feel that. You just like create mm-hmm. this spot that you yeah. return to. And then after that, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So last question, has Ali ever missed a flight? And if so, I would love a story. I'm going to say yes, but it wasn't her fault. I'm going to say it was like a delayed flight that had a connection or something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. I don't think you have. Well, okay. So no, I have never missed a flight. Well, okay. So technically what happened, (laughs) there's a start. I was doing a mission trip in Uganda in 2018. And on our flight out there, we had like five different layovers. Um, And the first first one was in Chicago. um, And we arrived in Chicago. And then everything was fine and we, you know, boarded our plane and then it was, it had been an hour. It was stifling hot because it was in the middle of July in the Midwest and get good and sticky. And so the AC in the plane wasn't working and nobody was telling us any reason why we weren't Mm. starting to take off, but it had been over an hour and nothing was happening. And then eventually they all evacuated us off the plane um, there was just like some technical difficulties with the plane and the AC wasn't working. So they didn't feel safe flying, which is, I'm glad they didn't, you know, take us in the air and then decide that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we were like sweating buckets on the plane and then figuring out what's going on. And then all of a sudden we were all like leaving the plane and pretty much what our next layover was in Brussels in Belgium. So we were supposed to get there within like an hour um, between that are the time our flight landed in Brussels between the time that the Brussels flight left to Ethiopia. And so we then had missed that kind of like time start for when we were supposed to leave Belgium to go to Ethiopia. So we then had to figure out a different connection flight from Brussels to Ethiopia. And, you know, we're in Chicago and we're, you know, using completely different flights and different, um, what are they called? Um, flight carrier. What are they called? Like grand airlines? The airlines. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're using different airlines between yeah. each flight. So we were kind of having to, you know, figure out which kiosk we go to here and then to communicating that with this kiosk over here and then calling the people back in California, updating them on where we're going, oh. making sure that they know that we're safe. And so, yeah, it wasn't our fault that we missed the Belgium flight, but we did end up leaving Chicago. We were in Chicago for about five hours. We were only supposed to be there for about one. Mm-hmm. And we were in Chicago for five hours and then we flew to Belgium and then we were in Belgium for 12 hours. Um, we were only supposed to be there for like three. Um, so we 
missed our initial Belgium flight, but then by the time we got there, it was actually nice because we had 12 hours. So we were able to leave the airport and kind of explore the city a little bit. So it just kind of gave us a little bit travel time, which we weren't expecting to have. So that was actually a happiness in disguise, (laughs) but answer is yes and no. I have missed a flight. (laughs) I know. Thank God you were with a group of people too. I know. That's my fear is that happening, but I'm solo and I'm like screwed. Yeah, I would have never been able to do that alone. I literally sat on the sidelines. I was like in charge of like our blog. So I was the one that was just like writing like, hello from Chicago, like here's what's happening. <laughs> Whereas like everybody else was, like, running back and forth, contacting all the people, I was <laughs> making a blog. So. Uh, no, I love it. You know, like in a stressful situation, you know your lane and you're like, don't ask me to call people. That's not my strength. That's not my strong suit. <laughs> and I was the oldest one there too. I was, it was like me and like, a bunch of freshmen and I'm like I don't know <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> don't look at me yeah. so, oh my gosh yeah you're not okay we made it to Uganda eventually <laughs> you made it I, was say, I, was, I know that and you, you made it I, back so yeah, yeah I was gonna say I know yeah. that you're here but my palms were definitely sweating the whole time you were telling that story <laughs> me too I got anxious <laughs> I was like, which one is it? Is she going to make it? <laughs> Anyways, those are my questions. Thank you for playing. Um, thank you for coming on our podcast and telling us about your experience and your business. Um, we'll make sure to um, add your uh, Instagram handles to the episode notes so that our listeners can also become clients. So um, make sure to check out Ali's business um, and we'll have a new episode next week. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much, you guys.